0: Mic check, one, two, one, two. What's good, everybody? This is Jason Jones of The Athletic. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast. I am back. Still fighting off this bug that I caught from the kids. You know, kids are like walking Petri dishes, love to get their parents sick. But nevertheless, I am here to drop another episode. Catching up with you as the Kings uh, wrapped up their six-game road trip with a win uh, as I record this uh, on a Saturday morning, uh, a win—excuse me, Friday night in Detroit—they <clears throat> are 16 and 12, and eight and eight on the road this season. And what do you, what is there to like about how they close the trip? The obvious is the win, you know. But let's not forget that they had a pretty miserable showing. Uh, and it, not only in New York, also with Philadelphia, but they closed this trip out with back to back wins. First, uh, rallying from a deficit in the second quarter, about 60, well, 16 points or so, 18, whatever it was, at Toronto, only to come back and win at Toronto, and then to come back and after trailing by eight at Detroit at halftime, they used a big. 20, 38 23 third quarter to overcome that deficit to pick up a win at detroit and what was there like i'll just start with that game what was there before i get into the big picture of uh, what was there like about that game uh i'm a big believer that on the roads your stars got to show up and their two best players did. De'Aaron Fox, 28 points, no, 24 points, nine assists. Demontis Sabonis, 21 points, 13 rebounds, and seven assists. Then you get some. Then you get 20 points from Keegan Murray, 19 from Harrison Barnes. Good all-around effort. But enough about that game. That game's over. You celebrate it that night. You move on to the next thing. And let's get to the big picture. Who cares about the stats from that game? Who cares about the stats from the trip? Really, it doesn't really matter what really matters now is what can the kings do with their next six games all being at home uh you get a good two-week stretch of home games after being on the road for six games so what does that mean and so let's go ahead and get into that you know as we look at the western look at the west right now the west is you know stats wise you know uh uh, standings wise it's normal. It's pretty crowded, but the Kings now have a chance to uh, maybe push themselves into the top si- top four, so like solidly in the top four in the West as they prepare for the calendar year to end. And what makes this is kind of I mean I think what makes this cool is that for once. We're getting close to Christmas and we're not talking about who the top player is in college basketball as it relates to the Kings and who might end up in Sacramento. That's got to be a good feeling, I know, for a lot of uh, a lot of Kings fans and a lot a good feeling for those who have covered the Kings in the media for many years and have never really seen success. All right. Got a chance to cover success. So I know this has to be a good feeling for all of all of them. 'Cause usually Christmas time is when things go are bad in Sacramento and you say, What the hell is going on? So as we look at, you know, we look ahead to this homestand, what does it mean? They start this homestand with uh, three teams with losing records, those three teams being the Charlotte Hornets, Los Angeles Lakers, and the Washington Records. Uh, no, I mean Washington Wizards. I think I called them the Washington Records. I'm sorry, I'm over thinking about hip hop. <laughs> but I mean, to me, those are three games you have to win, or at the very least, you need to go two and one in those three games. Because on the back end of that trip, you've got Denver in back to back games, and you've got uh, a Utah team which would not be easy to beat to close. You know, so I think you got to get. You, you got to get two of these first three home games coming out, you know, to start this home stand. especially given the competition. If you're going to be the team you want to be, you can't you can't go on three in these games. You definitely can't. You know, you definitely cannot do that. You can't come out and not and not take care of business and not make it happen in these games. But before I kind of uh, declare that this is, they should go three and zero or whatever the case may be, let's actually look at these opponents they've got coming up in these games. Number one, let's look at Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte's record is pretty bad. They're not; they have not had a great year. But it's also uh, let's remember, Lamelo Ball hasn't played much of this season and he's uh, returned back to the lineup again from another injury and that's going to make a world of a difference for them i think going forward you know lamello ball is an all-star and when he's going and they have all those guards they have and they also got gordon hayward back or getting gordon hayward back as well a healthy charlotte team is much better than their record would indicate so the king cannot afford to walk into this game feeling like They've got anything made because they really don't. And then you look at the Laker game. You've got you still got LeBron James, and you know even at 37 years old, LeBron has the ability to take over a game as he did Friday night against against Denver. You know, with Anthony Davis sitting out the second half with a foot injury and. If AD is, is healthy, AD's been playing some of the best basketball in the league, and there's really no matchup for him if AD is rolling. So if if you see AD and LeBron, that by no way is that a gimme win. The Lakers started the year, I believe two and ten. They're now twelve and sixteen, still below five hundred. But that's ten and six over the last sixteen games. So you have to treat them like a team that's better than their record. And three of those games they've lost, they pretty much blew them by missing free throws. And then, you know, one game at Philly, they make free throws. They win that game. They beat the Celtics if they make free throws probably at the end. And they don't get a rebound against Indiana. They lose that game as well. So this is, a, this is not the same Laker team the Kings played earlier in the year. So they have to be prepared for a battle on that one then you got the wizards I mean they're the wizards and I'm not going to be completely disrespectful but they're 11 and 18 right now uh you know so you know even with that said you know if Bradley bill is rolling you know not much you can do about that if you're the Kings you don't want to see Bradley bill rolling so they can't you know you still can't afford to overlook that team as well. So, you know, but even then, Bradley's been out again with injuries. So let me take back what I said. I was just throwing on the top of my head about Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill's been out. So oh, you know what? Damn it. They can't lose to the Wizards. You know, I, I, you know, Bradley Bill's out for some time, you know. You know, so, excuse me. I knew that. Medic, you know, I've been sick, but yeah. Sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> Ooh. A little tired, but yeah, they can't lose to the Wizards. Yeah, if you're going to lose a game in that in this, in the, of the first three, it can't be to the Wizards. Yeah, especially with no Bradley Bill. you can't lose to the Wizards. Who though? So then you get to the second half of that uh that homestand. You got back to back games with the Joker and Jamal Murray and that crew. Denver is a much improved. I shouldn't say much improved, but with Jamal Murray back. It's allowed them to, you know, still be a top three, top four team in the West, even with Michael Porter not being all the way back hundred percent, because Jamal Murray is just that damn good. And then you close out the, the you know, the uh, the calendar, the, the six games home stand with the game against Utah, which is not playing like the best team in basketball how they opened the season, but you know, but that being said. Uh, they've got a good collection of guards. You know, you got Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley's a vet. You know, you got Taylor Horton Tucker Cumberland. You know, you got you got some, you got some. You know, and they also got Laurie Mark in. You got a solid team who could also give you some problems. So, for me, that just means that in a lot of these games, the Kings really need De'Aaron Fox to be at an All Star level, plain and simple. Need him to be at an All Star level because. When you're seeing a Lamelo ball, when you're seeing a Jordan Clarkson, when you're seeing, you know, a Lakers backcourt which is not a potent scoring backcourt, you need your best. You need your best player to dominate those matchups. So I think that's what's going to, to me, the key on this homestand. You know, imagine. You know, I think it's hyper. It's not. It's not crazy to say you go. It's not crazy to expect to go at least 4-2 on this homestand, if not better. You know, but we shall see. But to me, this will all come down to what the Kings can get from their best player and players. And to me, it's, it starts and ends with De'Aaron Fox. And if, if things go well, the Kings could find themselves in a very, very favorable position going into 2023. And but enough Kings talk i to get into a little bit of music but before we do that. I got a message for you all from DraftKings. You know, the NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns such as can Memphis still, you know, can Memphis finish as the top team in the West this year? You know, can the Warriors overcome Steph Curry missing time and actually start winning games on the road? Who knows? And when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. You might want to do something like how many rebounds will DeMontis Sabonis grab? How many threes will Keegan Murray make? Who knows? Have fun with it. But here's what you got to do to do that, make that happen. Download the app now. Sign up with the code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBP TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, let's get back to the hip hop. Okay, y'all. I'm a little more coherent for this part here is because well, y'all know I love the hip hop. And uh we recently celebrated the 30th anniversary of Dr. Dre's The Chronic. You know, Easily one of the greatest albums in hip-hop musical history. And what can I say about the classic that hasn't already been said this week? I mean, there were plenty of things on social media, the internet, whatnot, kind of just speaking to the greatness of this album. You know, it was released December fifteenth, nineteen 1992, and it changed the way we listen to hip-hop. Never before had the sound matter in your car quite like it did when the chronic dropped. Mind you, I was just 14. I had no car. I had a bus pass. (laughs) I listened to music on the radio or via cassette. That's right, I said a cassette. Or on music videos. But man, the sound on the Chronic was still incredible. And what Dre did on the Chronic with the music was like anything we'd heard. You know, the blend of the funk influences was something to behold. Nate Dogg's vocals, Snoop Dogg's Silky Delivery. The Chronic was like hip-hop we had never really heard before. You had RBX and The Rage who brought a rough rugged flow. We got to meet Daz and Corrupt who had become known as the Dog Pound. We got Warren G on there. We had Jewel singing. We had every, you know, DOC's incredible writing on this album. You know, he served as a writer and as a, as a, you know, as a coach for Snoop Dogg. You know, or at the time he was known as Snoop Doggy Dog. It was just like I said, it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful music. I mean, you know, classic hip hop. And. Even, you know, to go along with that, you talk about the intro to the album, one of the greatest intros in hip hop history. You know, the way Snoop just comes on. Ha ha. Yeah. And the way that beat and everything drops. You know, you know, non-deuce death row records. You know, that thing. Oh man, it, I I get goosebumps just remembering and thinking about it. And it's a classic album. It's a no skip album. I could play that thing back to back to back to this day. And just outside of the music, I want to give you all kind of maybe some maybe some of my younger listeners you know a little kind of some of the context as to what made this album so special when it did drop you know remember this comes out in 1992 but you know this is the same year of the Rodney King verdict so just you know this album can't you know the uh the civil unrest of that can't dropped in night it happened in nineteen ninety two you know april ninety two album comes out in december ninety two so this album is being made at a time when shit is pretty much crazy in the world there was a palpable anger in the communities like mine after that happened and then when you you know and when you listen to this album you get to hear some of the anger and kind of the we don't really care uh mindset of the era you know when you talk about guys talking about bragging about the shit that came up on loop you know why because you know we had just seen four police officers be be acquitted when they beat a man they beat Rodney King on tape and so I've it's almost like the chronic captured some of that angst and rebelliousness of like we don't care we're going to do this thing our way anyway because the rules clearly don't matter and then you look at the music landscape. At that point, Ice Cube, in terms of, had carried the West in terms of just like critically acclaimed elite hip hop. And that's not, not to say there wasn't good music, but you know, a guy like DJ Quick wasn't getting the same love nationally or worldwide that Cube had gotten, partly because uh, Cube was dope, and also Cube working with the Bomb Squad, going back east for his uh, solo debut, working with Chuck D and all them. Brought him even more attention. From the post NWA era. Era should I say. And at that point. Cubit established himself as one of the best rappers in the game. But who was going to be the next superstar out of the West. Turns out it was Snoop. Dre gave us a preview of Snoop on deep cover. But Snoop's intro like I said on that album. It was. It probably might have been the greatest runway. To a debut in album. in Hip-hop history. By the time Doggy Style dropped. You know, Snoop was already one of the top rappers in the game because of nothing but a G thing, because of Dre Day, because of Let Me Ride, because of The Chronic. And Snoop has now come along to make to show that he is one of the, also one of the greatest of all time. Another all time, another legendary rapper that came through the Dr. Tre, Dr. Dre, should I say, pipeline. So by the time Doggy Style dropped in 93, and the hype train for Snoop was so hot, you know, and being in high school and that album, came, I'm going to tell you right now, we lost our minds when that album came out. So that's my ode to The Chronic, one of the greatest albums ever. Um, uh, I have listened to the new Ab Soul a little bit. I'm going to get into that next week. You know, it's definitely a, I, I find it already to be a very introspective, emotional type album so i'll get into that next week begin though i'm gonna go ahead and get me a little medicine in me take a little break so thanks for listening those of you who stuck around and listen to this episode you can find me on instagram at mr jones lbc twitter is mr underscore jason jones uh and this is the ruler of the court podcast i'm out